Hi, everybody. Welcome to Spiritual Business Spotlight. And today I have a guest with me, Brittany Whitehawk from Clearing the Rain. Hi, Brittany. Welcome to our show. Thanks for your patience while I was figuring out my technical issues here. Oh, it's all good. It happens. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. I'm super excited about this. Yeah, so am I. And, and you know, you explained already, and I, I'm sorry. Um, can you explain a little bit about what Clearing the Rain is? Because it's such a fabulous mission and vision that you have that it's really good to be able to share that with a wider audience. So, Absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, Clearing the Rain uh, is in – I created my company in a direct response to – my studies and everything of, you know, those who have survived past sexual traumas don't really have any kind of resources other than traditional therapy to, you know, really help them get back to the point where they're living their lives um, the way that they want to and the way that they feel they should be. Uh, so, I mean, that's like, first of all, but what I do um, and what my company is dedicated to is helping men and women, um, you know, really work through the trauma. And I do that through my intuition. Um, I'm really good at telling when people are, you know, BSing themselves or me or when they're lying to themselves about stuff. Um, but I use my clairsentience. I use, um, you know, a mixture of the tarot cards as well um, to really help them work through the shadows that surround, um, you know, their, their sexual traumas specifically. So, you know, if you look at the statistics, it's getting closer and closer to one out of every two women has experienced some kind of sexual trauma. And I just want to be clear because, you know, we think trauma, oh, my God, it has to be like this violent rape. And that's not the case at all. Anything that ha trauma itself, the definition is anything that has um, an emotional impact on you and creates an emotional response to like situations, basically. So it could be anything from, you know, narrowly missing getting raped or, you know, sexual comments in the workplace. You know, people don't realize, and I know this is different than what we already talked about, but people don't realize that, you know, trauma is such an intrinsic thing. It is such a personal uh, experience that one size fits all kind of stuff does not work for everybody. So, you know, usually, and like I've already told you, you know, most of my clients come to me after they've already been through tr traditional therapies um, because, you know, they didn't feel like they were getting the, the growth that they were looking for there. So what I do, because I don't spend a lot of time in the, you know, the trauma experience itself. Um, that's not to say it's not important. That's not to negate the effects that it had on you, but it's the past. There's literally nothing that we can do about that, but there is right. everything that we can do about our personal responsibility for ourselves. Right. Right. Well, and a lot of people, I mean, it's not just one trauma to focus on. It's a series of different events or, you know, it's it's not something that, you know, a person can really that you can say, OK, let's go back. They didn't have any control mm -hmm. yeah. over their situation but like you're saying right now you're empowering people so you're saying that through these services you gain control in a sense yes because you know there's usually a dichotomous way or you know parallel way of what happens so either the person who's experienced a trauma doesn't matter what it is uh their reaction will either be a total overcompensation of control, you know, going into like a control freak kind of way. Um, or they completely give up all of their control and yeah. become like the people pleasers and the, you know, I will mold myself into what best suits you. So really what I do is I try to get them to see like both of these, <laughs> you know, spec ends of the spectrum are, 
they're not actually helping who you are. So this is really about getting in touch with who you really are, who you really want to be, you know, what's really lying underneath the surface, you know, because I mean, to me, that's the most important thing, you know, being a control freak. That's usually when you get to that point, there is no control that you're having. It's just that that stress of trying to maintain all of that control and people pleasing, like you're not really being true to who you are. And to me, that's like a huge disservice to yourself, obviously, but to everybody else, you know? Right. Yeah, because then you're not even really kind of working from a space that's that's authentic mm-hmm. yeah. at all. And you're building up frustrations and you're doing things that more out of, you know, like you said, out of this misguided, you know, it's wish. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's not misguided at all. It's, it's just to the present self, you know, hindsight being what it is, it looks misguided. Yeah. But if you can sit there and say, you know what, I reacted this way and I did all of these things this way because this is how I felt was the best way for me to survive. There's nothing to like beat yourself up about in that sense. You know, there is everything to love yourself about that because you kept yourself alive. You kept yourself relatively safe right um so that's like another aspect of what i work on too is self-forgiveness uh you know not not just the forgiveness of you know i i equate you know the sexual traumas with you know whatever happened that other person who violated you literally left their bags of guilt and shame and all of that with you you know in survival we just you carry that with you But then we also have to look at how have you been doing things for yourself, right? If you've been living in this space of, oh, my God, this is going to happen again, and you've completely cut off a social life, for example, that is a self-victimization. And that is something that I think a lot of people kind of get, you know, their hackles raised about because telling someone who has survived something as traumatic as a sex-related trauma, um, you know, that they are at this point victimizing themselves people get really pissed off about that and I get it but if you can take a step back and look at things from an objective point of view and you can go oh I did that that sucks I don't like doing that to myself I forgive myself because I can see why I did that there is so so much empowerment in being able to forgive yourself so that is you know just another aspect of how I help my clients uh, and my group to actually get to being a liver. And the liver, I mean, we, we talked about that term the other day because I was like, are you sure you want to use the term liver? But you have a really great perspective on why you use that term. Yeah. So I, I kind of developed, I guess, this philosophy that there are actually three stages to trauma. There's the victim stage, you know, that's pretty much right after it happens. Very much, oh, woe is me. Why did this happen? You know, all of the unanswered questions that we ask ourselves. And that victim stage is, for the time that you're in it, be in that victim stage. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But at some point, you're going to have to move on with your life, right? That's how you move into the survival stage of just doing the day-to-day stuff. Right. Not really striving too much for too much, but like going to work, taking care of the kids, the house, the spouse, like all of that stuff. Once you kind of see that light at the end of the tunnel, if you will, of there is something more for me out here. There is something that I'm I feel like I'm missing that I need to feel whole to really get over this. That's when you then move into the liver stage, as long as you're actively living stuff. So the reason that I use the term liver is because it's a combination of live or like someone who's actually living, but also because, you know, you hear liver, we think the organ. Well, the liver itself is designed to filter out toxins from our bloodstream. Right. Toxins are a trauma to our body, right? So right. The liver literally filters out trauma from our life force. 
filters out right. trauma for life. That's what a liver does. It has filtered out all of that trauma that they've experienced. And it's not to negate it. It's not to say it didn't happen or, you know, push it away to the side. But it's to say it happened. But this is where I can be now. And where I am now is so much brighter. It is so much better. I feel more confident. I feel empowered. I'm, you know, I trust myself, which is a huge, huge thing. You know, the trusting of yourself. So when you can get right. to the point of being a liver, you are actually back in control, like you were talking about, but back in control of your own life, how it should, I don't like to should on people, but how it should look, <laughs> you know? Right, right. And I think that part of this is is like that soul clearing that we were talking about when in, in the first part that got cut off, but, um, <laughs> you know, like people go to the doctor and they they get their the the physical trauma treated and they go to the psychiatrist and they get kind of like the the either the chemical or the mental trauma treated but a lot of times in in our modern life or western world they don't believe in treating the soul and so services like yours or, or mentorships like yours are really geared towards being holistic in yeah. a different way. Yeah. Um, and so in just in the same way that the liver would remove the toxins from the bloodstream, you're working on removing the toxins from the spiritual energetic stream. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And I feel like it's I feel like it's super important for people to understand that, you know, especially with sex trauma, but any kind of trauma, if it's an emotional trauma, if it's physical traumas or anything like that, there is always the opportunity to come back from that and come back. Right. better. You know, a lot of times I'll hear my clients say to me, you know, like, I want to get back to where I was. And I have to remind them, you can't go back to where you were. Like, this is your opportunity to go forward to who you are. You know, and that's and I work a lot like in a heart in heart centered places and soul spaces. Um, so most of the time, you know, you'll hear me say, like, what does your heart say? What does your soul say you need to do? I don't care about what your head says. Your head is ego driven. Right. Our egos are going to tell us, don't do this thing. Don't grow. Because if you do this, then I can't use those fears and all of the crap attached to it to keep you small anymore. And I don't I honestly don't believe that we are meant to be to be small people. I believe that we're meant to be expansive spirits, you know. So while my business didn't really start out like this, the spiritual aspect of things is really where it um, evolved too, you know, because that's what my clients need. They need the help with getting their soul right, if you will, you know, because these, these traumas do leave a mark on our souls and we have to, uh, be able to differentiate between how we react to those traumas and to those dark marks and how we act because right. of them. You know, reacting and acting are two different things. So, you know, and it's I it really is kind of creating this new cycle for people where, you know, even if it's like familial traumas, you know, stuff that's been passed down through generations, through bloodlines, all of that kind of stuff. Um, it's stopping those cycles and stopping those um, memories, if you will, from imprinting on us. You know, I, I understand I'm not a science major in the sense that like, you know, physiolo physiology or anything like that. But I do understand that our traumas do change our DNA. So right. you are passing those traumas on to your children. And somewhere along the line, somebody's going to be like, I'm done with this crap. Right. You know, and that's that's who I work with. Right. Well, and I love the way you said it. I could like trigger or, you know, because, OK. Number one, a lot of times the, the, the behaviors are passed from generation to generation. And it's just something that, you know, um, 
I'm, I'm so glad too that you brought up kind of this thing where we, there is somebody in the family line who has to stand up and say, I want to change this. This is enough. Because I think we're getting to the point right now. Um, I was just talking to somebody else about it where we're, we're facing like a new spirituality and yeah. like the third wave. And so the second wave probably would have said, oh, this is what your soul would have needed for growth. And a lot of the practitioners are coming around now saying, pardon my French, but bullshit. Like, yeah. this isn't something that your soul was like, hey, pick me for this, you know, traumatic experience. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to, and, and I hate to put it in those terms, but sometimes, you know, in, in the prior wave of spirituality, it was almost like, you know, it was like, I'm just going to have to deal with it because that's what your soul chose. And a lot of the leaders right now are saying, no, but this is what your soul, you have the opportunity to heal from this yeah. and to stop the cycle. Yeah, I've always been of the mindset or perspective, if you will, um, because I have my own experiences with sex related trauma. Uh, it started when I was three, happened uh, again between five and seven, and then from the time I was 12 to 15. So first, like, I just need to throw in here, do not be misguided that sexual predators are only men, because the first two times it was women. Um, they were babysitters. Mm, so, and then the, the third time it was um, actually my biological dad. So it's not the strangers you don't know, it's the strangers you do know. And, you know, I, for the longest time, I was like, oh my God, like why, I was in that victim state of why did this happen to me? Why did I, why did my soul choose for this terrible shit to happen to me? And eventually I was like, it's, that's not the point. It's not the point that, you know, we chose to go down these paths. The point is that there's a lesson to learn. And in some cases, lessons to learn. That's why we went through this stuff. Like, I can't sit here and beat my soul up for, you know, putting me in this situation because I know I'm stubborn as hell. And I'm sure this isn't the first time I've been stubborn as hell, you know. So there's lessons that I needed to learn through this. And I feel like for those um, spiritual leaders who are saying, you know, just deal with it. This is what you picked. That's spiritual bypassing. And to me, that is so, so fucking disrespectful. <laughs> like, that is not okay in any way shape or form you know right. yes your soul may have picked this but that doesn't mean that oh just live with it that means okay so what lessons can we learn from this what shadows can we uncover from this particular you know experience or experience experiences you know so yeah i i have my own problems with the um I don't want to say majority, but the, the select few who kind of spiritually victim blame. Right. Right. You know, right. I, I, that's how does that help anyone? You know, and it's, and to me like that, the whole concept of if we are all connected and you are a part of me and I'm a part of you and you know, all of our energies are circular. What does that say about me that I'm saying that about you? Right. That's just how I kind of look at stuff, you know? So, right. yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And the spiritual bypassing and the victim blaming, you know, and how it is. And, and you're bringing people to a point where they can actually look at it from a perspective where they can forgive themselves because they weren't to blame for yes. what happened to them. And I think that's such a valuable lesson because a lot of people are going to beat themselves up. And then if you have the, you know, the spiritual leader of the, the situation saying, you know, um, who's this? Oh, well, yeah, no, that, that is not constructive at all. Like to me, you know, I've, I've been called a shadow work healer. Um, mm -hmm. I know that what I'm doing is light working, but I don't, um, I don't identify as a light worker. Uh, okay. Shadow work healing. Like I, I absolutely take the, the darker side of things. I mean, I have a skull painting behind me and I love this, <laughs> painting. <laughs> you know, because to me that represents death and rebirth. And there is a death that occurs, you know, when we're doing this kind of work, but you know, the shadows is really where we need to dive into things, you know, and if we're yeah. sitting there just throwing love and light at everything, 
Well, those shadows are going to get deeper. They're going to get darker. And eventually they're not going to just, you know, be pushed down anymore. They're going to smack you in the face. And when that happens, then what? You know, so you have to be able to, you know, come to the point of that self-forgiveness, that total radical, like unabashed self-love, you know? Right. Right. And from the shadows, you know, acceptance of that space that you're in right now so that you can shine light at it. Because if you always ignore it, mm -hmm. you know, it's just like putting a rug over a hole in the backyard, you know, it's, it's always going to be there. Exactly. Exactly. And I like, um, I'm only bringing this up because it, it's going to prove my point here, but I wanted to show you. So my logo for my company is a raindrop that has the sacred spiral in it. And right. sacred spiral, I've always loved this symbol, never realized why, but now I know. Um, I actually have a necklace, right? Okay, uh-huh. Spiral. And a lot of people think that once you start your shadow work and you look at a shadow, that's it. It's done. I fixed it. No, that's not, <laughs> that's not the So once shadow work starts, it doesn't end, you know, and there it can be really gunky. It can be really like, oh, I don't want to look at this shit. Like there can definitely be some resistance to it. But once you start that and once you um, create the patterns and the habit of, okay, this is my shadow. This is where it comes down to this. I can work with, you know, and you keep working through it that way. Yes, there's the empowerment that you were looking for. Right. But because of the sacred spiral, you will come back to this shadow again and it will be at a deeper level. Right. Because right, right now we can just talk about shadows at the surface level, like um, our fears, fear of success, fear of failure, fear of being alone, fear of, you know, all of these really cutesy words that our ego likes to tell us to make it easier for us to swallow this fear. Well, where are those fears really coming from? Fear, it's coming from not feeling worthy, right? Not feeling like you deserve, not feeling like you can trust yourself, um, those kinds of things. So I dig down to about three or four levels um, of this shadow, and then we work from there. So the next time that this shadow comes back around, you have the tools that you need to look at it yourself. You know, I, I say all the time, like, my goal is to put myself out of business. Right. That's good. I love that. Because <laughs> you're just and that's teaching somebody to do it for themselves so they, they don't get kind of attached to needing somebody else to resolve their problems for them. Yeah. And I, I like I absolutely I give my all to my clients when I'm working with them one on one or if we're doing like a challenge in my group or whatever. Um, but this is your life. So are you going to live it or do you want me to live it for you? Because I already have one that I'm working on. <laughs> I mean, like I already got one going. And to me, that's like that is one of the most empowering things is to give someone the confidence to be able to sit there and say, crap, this is here again. But I got this. I can handle this. Like I already know how to go through the process. I already know the questions to ask myself. And it's going to be those questions, you know, the really deep questions that need to be asked. And that's how, you know, the growth comes from that. Right. Well, and the whole thing is, is that, you know, seeing the spiral going up and seeing the spiral going down, it's always you always face the same lesson mm -hmm. from a different level. And it's just, you know, the universe's way of saying, hey. What are you going to do this time? Did we learn the lesson? It's just like, you know, um, a lot of times when people have suffered trauma, they actually seek out abusive people who kind of um, keep them in their victim place, their victim stage. You know, it's it's like dating another person with the same same soul, different body kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And so when you're dealing with working th on things from a different perspective, you're digging down to the layers of cause, the causation part, but you're also saying, hey, bring this into your current life so that you don't have to continue to repeat this cycle. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's, I think too is, 
what sets me apart from traditional therapies is because everything that I do like is immediately applicable. Right. I mean, I had a call with a client yesterday. It was our first call. She's doing a shadow quest and you know, mine's blown left and right. And today she's like, I noticed what I was doing and I stopped it immediately. And I'm like, you just created that new cycle. And she's like, I can't believe I did that already. I'm like, hello, this is how it works. (laughs) You know, like, yes, we go through these, these spirals of lessons that we're supposed to learn and we're supposed to learn them on a deeper level. But, you know, for right now, this is the only life that we have to live. So, you know, are you going to let, you know, the cyclical nature of the lessons that you're not learning, the things that you're not really ingesting, if you will, into your soul, are you going to let those things dictate your life? Or are you going to sit back and be like, you know what? Here's the new cycle. This is how I'm going to be because this feels better to who I really am. Right. You know? And yeah, absolutely. Like you said, like digging down um, to the root. You know, I dig down as far as I possibly can with people. Um, and sometimes it can get even, you know, crappier. But, you know, when we're in those shadows and we're looking at things. And I said this uh, before on the other one, uh, you know, you cannot have a shadow without light. So if you're sitting there and you're listening to your ego and it's like, don't don't go into those places. Don't look at how, how much of a crappy person you are. Well, that shadow can't exist without light. So. Right. You know, I bring that to the surface and I, I bring the perspective of here's the good in this thing. Here is, you know, um, I guess like just using an example of a shadow with like the worth thing. You know, your soul knows how worthy you are. So, you know, and your heart knows how worthy you are. So with this shadow, like the reason why it's a shadow, the reason why it goes so deep is because the truth of it is too much for your ego to take. Right. You know what I mean? Like it means something so much to you and how beautiful is it that something can mean so much, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's just one example. And it's, it's really a case by case basis, if you will, because we are so different and there are so many different ways that um, the same fear can lead to something else. So I absolutely believe in going to the root, you know, looking at the side effects from the symptoms from the root cause, you know, so kind of using like medical jargon, but at the same time, you know, a side effect might be that control freakedness that people have, you know, the need to control everything because from the symptom of, you know, not being good enough or not feel like perfectionism, you know, and then that goes down to the root of not feeling good enough or, feeling like you're just enough period. So we work on that and we, you know, we look at all of the examples that we can of how those symptoms and how those side effects have shaped what your life looks like now. And then, okay, so here's where we can break this cycle. Here's how we can start a new one, you know? So it's not just a, let's dig into your shadows and I leave you there. Like, no, I, I walk with you the whole way through this stuff. Um, I like to say, you know, I shine my light when you need a little bit of extra. But other than that, I'm a couple steps behind you. You know, I'm letting you go through it because this is your journey. I'm just I'm here to help. You know, it, it can be a daunting task to go into our shadows and to really look at ourselves and look at our responsibility and, you know, the things that might be kind of shitty. I'm here to, you know, help shine the light when you need more. I'm here to push you on when you need a little kick in the ass, you know, like, and I'm here to also, you know, coddle you when it is the really deep stuff and it's revelations that kind of rock your whole total world, you know? So it's, it is a delicate balance between kind of this like ballsy, I'm not messing around here, but also I'm very tender and I love you for what you're doing. Um, And I don't think a lot of people, can do that. I don't think they um, have the capacity to be able to be both at the same time. And I think that's one of the reasons why my clients love working with me so much is because they know, like, I'll give you the push when you need it, but I'm also going to be here to pick you up when you fall. Right. You know? 
excuse me. Well, and that's really important because you, like you said, you can't just, you know, a lot of, a lot of what's out there kind of takes you into your, into your shadows or into the little pits and kind of says, okay, now, now you're in the mud, swim mm -hmm. out, you know, and you're just like, but, you know, I need a little help here. And yeah. I did, I think on your website, you have like a workbook that, is there a workbook that people can work through by themselves? And then. Oh, yeah. yeah, my master guide to being a liver part one. I just published that uh, last week, the week before. Oh. Um, so what I do with my one-on-one -on -one clients is I actually have a list of 12 workbooks that they can choose from when they're working with me. And okay, yeah, these workbooks I have basically I like I've designed them from questions that I've asked myself. Um, so okay. you're never doing anything with me that I haven't already done. <laughs> um, but what I decided to do was, you know, there are people out there who aren't quite ready for that deep, intense work with me. So I decided to do the master guide to being a liver. There's going to be four parts of it. Um, so basically, I took three of my workbooks. I put, I took uh, Fear, Trust, and Boundaries, and I made that into Master Guide Part One. Um, and then you can work through that on your own, you know. And if you're finding like you're struggling through those things, my hope is that you, you know, you realize like I am struggling with this. I thought I could do it. I'm kind of sinking here. I'm in the mud. I need help out, like you said. Um, and then you know you can come to me and we can we can work through that. But I really wanted to give people the opportunity to get the help um, to go through these shadows, to look at these things uh, without the added pressure of, you know, making their calls every week and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I started that. Um, I already have master guide part two, like outlined and ready to go. So I'm going to wait a little bit before I drop that one. Um, right. Yeah. It's, like I said, my goal is to put myself out of business. So I really, I want to change, A, the dialogue. I want to change the, the societal mindset on what it means for people who've been through traumas. You know, we're not victims. Right. right? We're not just survivors. We're not just that girl that got raped. You know, or we're not that guy that doesn't talk about the time he was raped. We are so much more than that. And I want to help people see that. I want them to to really um, like revel in, yes, they've been through some shit, but look at where they are now. Like right. to me, that is like, that's my payment. Like seeing somebody grow within, you know, the three, six, three months or six months or a year that we work together, seeing them grow and get excited about who they are again, like that, that is how like, I feel I'm, I guess, like living up to my sole mission here this time around. Right, right. And that was another thing. I'm glad that you touched on that. So it's not just individual lessons or sessions. It's not like, hey, just reach out if you need, you know, something right now. It's more like, here, let me take your hand. We're going to work through this for a number of different sessions so that they're not like kind of, you know, kind of struggling without, you know, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I have one off sessions and that's usually for the people that are like, you know, this shadow came back and I don't know what the hell to do with it. Um, right. You know, or I really need help with this situation that's going on. Can you help me with it? That's like a one off session. But for the most part, um, you know, I work with my clients for a minimum of a month. Okay. And that's like what the shadow quest is right now. I have, um, I have like five or six ladies who are doing a shadow quest at the moment. Uh, and that is a month that you get a call every week and I give you homework every week. And, you know, we work through this stuff together. Uh, the longest I have is a year, you know, to, and that's like a total, total overhaul. Um, right. But, you know, depending on how much you're ready for, Cause yes, I push you a little bit. I push you out of your comfort zone a little bit, but I'm not going to push you off a cliff. Right. <laughs> you know, so right. I have the options, but yeah, I mean, I have seen such dramatic changes in my clients in just three months. 
Um, right. I, I'm working with two people right now. We're only seven weeks in and not the people I started working with by any means. They are totally different. And it has been like an absolute pleasure to watch that and to see their growth and, you know, to be able to point that out to them. Like, do you realize this is what you're doing now? Right. Oh, shit. Like, I didn't even know. You know, and then they that's when they start getting excited about who they're becoming. And that to me is just so, so beautiful watching that. I can imagine. I can imagine. And do you have like were you talking about like a mission to create like an island or like a, a retreat or something like that where people could come and yes. okay, can you explain a little bit about that? Yes. I'm so excited about my retreat. So um this actually came about because I was in another group, another spiritual group, and you know, the question was asked, like the, the quintessential, like if money was no option, what would you be doing? And it just popped in my head. I was like, I would have an island retreat. Like I would own an island, build a retreat house on there, and then have survivors come free of charge to work through this stuff. And I would include different modalities of healing, like animal therapy, um, yoga, nutritionists, regular therapists, psychologists, like all of that um, to, to really work through that holistic approach to healing past these traumas. So that's in the works. I'm still working on it, you know, um, but I, like, I cannot wait for that. That is going to be it. Oh my God. It's going to be so amazing to be at that point. Could you tell them a little excited about my oh, island. I saw your face like light up. You're like, yes, I can't wait. And it's such a fabulous idea because sometimes people need a step back. They can't be going through their day-to-day -day lives. They really have to, you know, like you're talking about, discover their worth, like put their foot down and just say, you know what, I really need to do this for myself so that I feel whole and healed and connected. Yeah. And to have the ability to learn so much at one time, you know, so how do you, you know, nutrition is so vital. Um, psychological support is essential. Spiritual support is, is great. You know, um, trusting animals, like getting that unconditional love and support from an animal. Um, yeah. I mean, it's really a fabulous idea to say, okay, I'm going to put everything together in one place. Yeah. And, and that is something that has not been done yet, you know, and there's studies for everything proving their efficacy with, you know, with healing from things. And I feel like to be able to have that in one place for, you know, the clients that come and to be able to offer that to them free of charge, because um, like the next step in things is to actually start a foundation. And right. that foundation will pay for those people to come to the retreat um, and pay, you know, the people that are there uh, facilitating everything. But, right. you know, I like I just I keep having this vision of like a, a group of women and men who have all shared um, the same experiences, general experiences, if you will. Um, you know, sitting around like this big, giant, white, fluffy couch. Everybody's just relaxed and chilling and like, there's dogs and cats everywhere. And, you know, there's like, there's different kinds of animals, you know, outside that people are like just walking and talking to and getting some of that stuff out. Um, you know, so like for me, like just envisioning that, seeing that and, you know, knowing that if I'm helping people change this much now, just three months on the internet doing calls once a week, what is going to happen when we get to this point? Like, holy crap, it's going to be so, so amazing. And to change that many lives and like think about the, you know, the ripple effect from that, you know, that is it's going to be a generational ripple effect. And, right. you know, it, it has to change. You know, somebody has to be the one to do it. And I'm I'm, I'm doing it. I want to do it. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's. No, that's such an awesome, like, just vision and mission because it's, it's like you said, the ripple effect from it. When you start thinking about it from that perspective alone, you're like, oh, my God, you know, you know, just like we were talking about earlier, stopping that, that 
um, generational thing and then taking it and applying it to further generations in life. Yeah, it's just really I mean, we're I keep talking about it and keep talking about it. We're in a space where right now your work can change the future. Yeah, I know. And it's like putting it like that. I'm like, holy crap. But I know, you know, I, I know that it, it's already doing that because, you know, for the clients that have children already, they're seeing how their shit has affected their parenting as well. Yeah. So they're changing the way that they're parenting. So it's already changing generations. Um, right. But yeah, to think of it like on that big grand scale of, you know, tw 20 generations from now, you know, of people who have had this one ancestors, you know, stand up and say, I'm not not doing this anymore. I'm not going to live in this space anymore. Like I'm going to live how I want to. And how like just thinking about that is like is so inspiring to me. It's so um, just I'm in awe of the possibility of that. So like I said, and I will keep saying it till I run myself out of business. That is what I want to do. I want to get it to the point of, you know, our laws are stricter for those who have offended. Um, we right. have rehabilitation yeah. programs apps like actually in in place for offenders. Um, you know, with my schooling, I have my background in criminal justice. So I've studied both aspects of the criminal and the victim. And, you know, my senior capstone, I actually wrote a paper on the inefficacy of Megan's law and how, you know, singling those people out as sex offenders does not help anyone. It doesn't help them. It doesn't help us as a society. It doesn't help as far as reintegrating them back into society. And I came up with this whole um, idea, which I haven't really shared with anybody yet, but I am starting the process of how to introduce a bill into our legislation um, because I, I want to see the model that I came up with come into fruition, which is, you know, those who offend the first time will actually have to pay a nominal fee each month uh, that goes towards victim services that okay. keeps them in the workplace, that keeps jobs from discriminating against them. Um, but then it also goes back to the victim. You know, we've we've gotten so far away from a victim based justice system and gotten to a criminal based justice system. And right. You know, we hear constantly, like I cannot tell you how many times a day I see things where, you know, somebody offended and, you know, maybe it's like like six offense and they're, oh, you got six months in jail. Like that. Right. No, no. <laughs> you know, like the person who you victimized lives with this for the rest of their lives. Right. Those memories don't just go away. That trauma doesn't just go away. You know, it is always there. And that's why we have that sacred spiral of the shadow work. But how we deal with it can change. Um, so I like absolutely feel that, you know, our legislation, the bills that we have right now, the sentencing that we have right now, the probation that we have right now um, for offenders has to change. And I mean, I could go on probably till Sunday talking about this stuff um, because I like, I'm that adamant about it, but you know, we, it's kind of the idea of, you know, you tell a dog that they're bad enough times they think they're bad and they behave badly. So you tell someone you're just a sex offender. That's all you're ever going to be. Well, that sex offenders only ever going to be a sex offender. So the recidivism and the, the rate at which they reoffend for sex predators and, you know, rapists and all of that, it is so, so high because we have this stigma on them. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people have this view because it's, you know, they offended and they victimized someone, burn them at the stake. Well, who does that really help? You know? Right. But I would have to ask, like, is it, is it a, a sickness though in the person that needs to be treated and, and, you know, 
I mean, we would probably, this would probably be a discussion for a different time or something like that, because in, in, in my viewpoint, a lot of it isn't necessarily stigma based, but is more, um, sickness based. Yes, absolutely. Sickness based. Yeah. Yeah. And the one thing that I, I feel like the general public really doesn't understand is that those who are offending, there is a 90% chance that they were offended against at a younger age. Right. Exactly. Right. So, right. you know, with, with my ideas, as far as like changing the legislation and the probation and all of that kind of stuff, um, it would be a lifelong, like you have to pay into victims resources and you also have to go through therapies and, you know, get all of that crap, basically filter all of that trauma out of your own system, you know, because right. angry, angry people hurt people, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Right. So, yeah, right. Absolutely. I do. I do feel like it's a sickness, but it's more of a soul sickness instead of um, a mental sickness because, and a mental sickness. Yes. There have been studies to prove that, but at the same rate, like if we're almost, down to one in every two women who have been offended against and one in five men who have been offended against this is more than just a mental sickness you know this is a right. soul it's a that needs to be addressed for them as well yeah right right and like you're saying a generational sickness and it's something that's passed on you know because a lot of times like you said that the perpetrator is actually a victim and yep. that person is just acting out either rage or hurt or, you know, um, like that uh, expectation, even in some cases that they should, they should act in a specific way or be macho or, you know, they're, they're not given the proper tools for really, you know, kind of processing things like sexuality or Absolutely. just or you know, and when the, the short sentences that they get in jail, they're not getting the therapies that they need in jail. You know, yes, you can sit there and talk to someone and have someone tell you, oh, you know, you're you're healed. You're you know, you're. But that's not really the case because they're still going out and reoffending, you know. Right. So, I mean, I have obviously I have my viewpoints on sex offenders and the way we treat them. Right. I for the most part, I have a compassionate view on how we treat them. I'm not saying in any way, shape or form that what they do or have done is in any way. Okay. Because no. it is absolutely not. No, but again, that personal responsibility, like we have a responsibility to every single member in our society, regardless of what they have done to help them to heal. So, right. you know, that's, that's why I want to get this, you know, this bill introduced and all of that. And, you know, to really change the, at, at this point, I'm calling it what it is. It's rhetoric on rape culture, um, right. you know, between the media and all that kind of stuff that we see, you know, there, there is a rhetoric that is trying to justify taking someone else's autonomy. And there is absolutely no justification for that in any way. So, you know, like it's not just my Island that I'm working towards. It's not just, you know, changing generational ripples. It's, changing the lives of those who have also offended themselves. So there's a whole approach to this that I'm working on. Well, and it's more, it's more, like you said, it's more holistic. It's not just dealing with the victim. It's also dealing to heal the perpetrator and the victim or the victim and the person that victim victimized. Exactly. So it's, it's like a trail. It's, it's not only starting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting though. We'll have to see how that comes out because I want to continue following you and your work, especially. And so um, we're going to wrap up a little bit, but how can someone find you if they want to work with you so they can get the workbooks like just on your website. And I put your um, website on, the page, but um, um, yes, yeah, so you can go to the website. Um, you can go to facebook.com backslash clearing the rain um, to find my business page. I put a lot of stuff on there. Um, my group is under the umbrella 
Um, so you, if you do facebook.com backslash groups backslash under umbrella, um, make sure it's actually a picture of a lady like, yay, <laughs> um, because there's a couple other ones uh, that are not not me. Um, I do not speak Cantonese. So. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much everywhere. I mean, type in clearing the rain or, you know, sex trauma healing within Google and you should be able to find me um, to get the book. You can go on lulu.com and type in clearing the rain. Now it is listed as explicit content because I swear and I swear a lot. I write how I talk. <laughs> so, um, you know, like just make sure that if it, if it doesn't come up and there's just a little box there that says, you, you know, you must be 18, just go through that and they can get that on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely, I am open to helping anyone who really sees the opportunity for change in themselves and is ready to take that journey of self responsibility and self acceptance and self forgiveness first and foremost, you know, to get right. to that point where they are living absolutely unapologetically about who they truly, truly are. So, yeah. Wonderful. Wow. So, um, thank you, Brittany. Thanks for sharing with me today and thank you for being here and thank you for your mission. I mean, I'm sure that people don't a lot of times say, you know what? Thanks for, you know, putting yeah. yourself out there and helping society out in this way. So yeah. it's heavy work, but you know, it's, it's rewarding for everyone involved. So it, it has to be done. It's, it's time. <laughs> it's absolutely. Right. Thank you so much for having me on. This was awesome. Yeah, it was definitely. And um, like I said, keep in touch. Let me know how things are going because you know, whatever I can do to kind of share what you're doing, I'd really love to help you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thing goes yeah. for you, dude. You, this is awesome. Giving people the opportunity to really talk about their passions and their, their soul missions is we need a place for that. Right. So thank you for doing that. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Really. It's my pleasure. And yeah, I loved it. So thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm sure I will see you around and thanks again. And um, yeah. So Brittany Whitehawk from clearing the rain and under the umbrella and um yeah, working on bringing more light into the world by going into the darkness unafraid. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Thank yes. you. Thank you again. And um, yeah, so we'll talk soon. Thanks, Brittany. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.